Welcome to Tuck of the Draw episode 30. My guest this week is Lou King Sharp. You're quite willing to go and speak to anybody or interview people or do like get all that information out of it because I think everybody knows about your PBW history and nah, no, coming through there. And, but I just want to kind of start off with the point of so you, you started off with PBW, you're doing like academy attacks and tag yeah. matches and stuff. But where was the point where you started to wrestle places other than PBW and how did you get started? Um, well, those are like the kind of the kind of obvious ones. Like um, I was working for like BCW and stuff as well. Like the, the companies that are kind of tied into. PBW. Yeah. Um, but as far as like my kind of personal like expansion would go, um, I'd went and trained with DPW. Um, it was a uh, big TJ Rage. I took a class. Um, earlier it's called Fake or Break, so it's like a camp that you go and you train for a whole week. Um, there's a show at the end of it, kind of thing. Where's that? Uh, so that's that's out in Denmark. Right. Um, Aarhus, I believe it was. Um, so I'd been over. I'd done, I'd done a week of training um, with a guy Starbuck. Um, he was he was a kind of the guest trainer for it, um, so he's a Canadian guy who's now based in Finland. Right. Um, he started up companies like uh, Fight Club Finland and stuff. He's like right well known like kind of European seat and stuff like been about for I think it was twenty five years. Uh, right. Was champion at like Smash and stuff in Japan. So it was a really good training with him. Um, but obviously there was a uh, chaos the promoter uh, DPW, so he was there as well. Um, so I done a week of training and they they uh, put us there's like a trainee kind of show at the end. Right. So. They put his own. I, I ended up in the main for that, which I thought was cool, because um, I don't like I'd only had like less than ten matches. Right. Do you know what I mean? Um, so one of the main things they focused on on that week was like the importance of like, having a good CV and like keeping contact with people and stuff. So I, I kind of looking about. I'm like, right, there's German guys here, there's Swedish guys here, and like if I keep in contact with these guys, you don't know yeah. where it can eventually end up. Um, so after about six months after that, uh, I'm pestered in chaos constantly, trying to go on the shows. Um, anyway, like I said, I'd impressed him that while I was there. So eventually, he's brought me back out um, and gave us a run in Denmark, which sort of I think a lot of people don't realise how important, like, so for like young wrestlers anyway. Like, if you can get out to Europe, like, getting in one country can lead to getting into another four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of these countries are seen as only as big. So, like, when I was wrestling in Denmark, I'm on shows with Swedish guys, like like I was saying. Um, and a lot of these guys are the promoters in yeah. their own country. So, and through, like, being in Denmark, I ended up, I got Sweden, I got Finland, Norway eventually. Um, just so, the whole sort of Scandinavian scene. Um, which eventually, like, and then that sort of brought my kind of presence up in Europe, which led to me getting Italy and stuff. And I think people seeing like the amount of travel and stuff that I was doing yeah. is one of the main things that actually helped boost my profile in the UK as well because um, I was kind of making more of an impact in 
these kind of foreign countries before I was really making an impact in kind of bigger promotions like ICW and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think like I had a kind of a brief break for ICW. Um, so I think like during that time, the fact that I was away doing all this other this other work, um, kind of brought me back stronger when I did eventually go there as well. Because it's one of the things in wrestling people talk about is getting flown somewhere for the first time. Yeah. Because it's not just about paying you your fee. And a big thing people talk about, especially in the UK scene, is like if you can get a car full of people, then that cuts down the expenses. And if you take five people somewhere, it's one lot of X's, and then you're back, and then it's that. But getting flown out, even if you are getting the budget flights, etc., wherever it is you're doing to get there, it's still an extra. They're putting the faith in you. Not only are you worth your fee, they're also willing to pay this travel fee as well. As well aye. aye. No, it's like, it, I mean, it, it feels good, do you know what I mean, knowing that. Somebody's willing to fly this wee guy for Glasgow into fucking Copenhagen or whatever else, do you know what I mean? Um, so, I what, so, just what are these scenes like then? If you had to compare it to the show, just saying the scene is maybe not as well established or as well known, these kind of companies, but what's the kind of tendencies there? Is it family style shows? Is that a mix? Or? Um, it it kind of it depends. Um, I found that Finland and Sweden were. It's, it's, it's a different way they do it. Like during the day, um, in Sweden and uh, Norway especially, they'll have like a family show during the day, and then they'll have like a two three hour break, and then it's like a more adult show right. at night. Um, but the family show is also, I mean, I could be wrong, but for what I've seen, it's kind of more like that's where like they get the trainees and stuff on on the kind yeah. of the kids friendly shows. Which I think it's smart because kids aren't really going to know know yeah. as much of a difference. Do you know what I mean? Um, in Denmark, Denmark's weird, it's still a bit mental, like, right. one match can be a comedy match and then the next match you've got a hardcore match and it's a, a definitely a, a big variety. Um, the scenes are definitely a lot younger, do you know what I mean? Um, and at points you can tell that, but overall, like, I think is it the whole Scandinavian scene in general is it, it, getting a lot stronger, especially in the last couple of years. Like, I've seen it, I've seen it a few years ago and, it, like, from going over kind of regularly, especially Denmark, like, you're seeing these guys getting better and better, like each time. Um, obviously, it's, it's DPW that I work for um, mainly, but you've got other promotions out there like Body Slam, which are turning up with, with their shows. Um, CCW in Copenhagen as well, which have been running successful shows. Um, no, it's definitely definitely something if you if um, people can find it online, it's definitely something that I would I would uh, recommend checking out because it's different. You know what I mean? Like it's no, you're not going to see all these the the people that you're used to, yeah, you know what I mean, and they get these guys well impress you. Aye, no, I think it's, it's something I'm getting to the point now where I need to see something different yeah. in wrestling, yeah. and it's seen a variety. For all the shows we have in Scotland, there is still, I think, a certain tier of talent that you'll see in most things, and then there'll be that kind of undercard of people coming through in a mix up. So I like going to shows where I don't or, or seeing people yeah. that I've not seen before. So one of the bit, one of my favourite shows of last year ended up being I went up to WrestleZone at the end of the year. Right. Because um, I was recording a podcast going on and come back, and because I didn't know most of the card, so I had no idea what the finishes of the matches were going to be because I didn't know what moves they used, yeah. I didn't know where people, like their history and stuff. So I was watching matches just like I had to stay engrossed in it. Like, this could finish at any time. It's like the phone stays away, I'm no wonder I've got to talk to everybody. It's like, right, I need to pay this attention. And that's what I think works with a fresher show is that I'm gonna, if I watch that, then it'll be, oh, you don't know what's going to happen next. WrestleZone um, is similar to what I was saying about um, these kind of Scandinavian European promotions. Like, 
except the difference is it's like it's pretty much on your doorstep do you know what I mean and there's all these guys that for whatever reason some, some of them is, they've got families a lot of them are just happy doing what they're doing yeah. but they work pretty much exclusively for WrestleZone um, and they, like I think if a lot of them were given the chance like kind of in the central belt they would definitely they would stand out and shine you know what I mean Aye. but I think if you know if you're ever wanting to go and check out a new promotion or check out new wrestlers WrestleZone is definitely a place to go like the brilliant set up a brilliant roster like it's so professionally ran like it's a brilliant place to work like for a wrestler standpoint Aye. but for a fan standpoint it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant show to go and see Aye. Um, like it wasn't too long ago that Aspen Faith was in that kind of category of guys who were only really working yeah. at WrestleZone Aye. until obviously he'd done Space Balls and like likes of Discovery and stuff but now he's easily like uh, the Kings of Catch you know what I mean like one of the best tag teams in the country and um, he was just floating about up there kind of almost unnoticed and for, for a long time what you were saying earlier about is that when you said you had that space away from ICW he's done that as well as he's went yeah. away he's like I knew he had stuff to do but he's just made tweaks he's got himself ready and now when he, was, when he got his opportunity again he's just grabbed it and then kept going with it and then they found different ways of keeping the fans interested and not just came back and went right this is what works yeah. they're constantly they're still changing and finding and trying different things and being in different types of matches and putting themselves in situations so it is just that that learning curve and he's took that from there from WrestleZone which is more family friendly than an ICW show but then he's picked up different things as he's went and brought it back same way it's like you guys have done when you come back and did, like uh, with the Fight Network stuff yeah absolutely um, some of the other stuff you've done as well is so one of the last proper interviews I recorded was with Dean Ford about right. his run doing like the camps last year. That was his first full summer of doing uh-huh. that. And I know it's something you've been involved on and off with over the last few years. And definitely, I could see from seeing you in different companies, it certainly seems that you're been able to tailor your style a lot based on the different yeah, things you get with them about the way you need to be. Because you can either be a right aggressive, wee sneaky guy, or you're the wee coward to sneaking away for the right. wings. And as, what would you say that's been in terms of your development? Um, so it, it wasn't always as easy for me to <laughs> differentiate between what you should be doing on a camp show and what you should be doing on like a kind of <laughs> a kind of more indie show. So um, I mean, one of one of the first camp shows I done um, in Ross's, uh, he's obviously he's kind of the guy running it and stuff. He's saying to me like, "This is it's PCs it can be." Do you know what I mean? And the first thing I'm, I've done is climbed up my chair and started grinding on some bird and all the rest of it. I was lucky that Dixon wasn't there because I'm pretty sure they'd have set about me. Uh-huh. Um, but no, like the camps is definitely, like it's, it's such a good learning experience and there isn't anywhere that you can get that kind of experience in the UK. Um, obviously it's pretty common in the States and stuff to be working that consistently, but over here, like unless you've got a camp run, be it with All Star, MGW, Mega Slam, whatever, um, like you're not gonna get that chance to work uh, five days a week, or right. if if obviously you then you get your indie bookings on top of that at the weekend, so you can end up seven seven matches a week, like to wrestling twice a day and stuff. Um, and it's one thing I think is so important about it is these people, a lot of them have never seen wrestling before. Like, and I don't mean never seen wrestling in terms of they know like John Cena and Undertaker and Hulk Hogan. Right. Like they don't have a clue, yeah. like absolutely nothing. Do you know what I mean? And you, these are the people that are gonna be able to differentiate between what looks real and what doesn't it? because Aye. do you know what I mean they're, they're just, just Joe Box real yeah, people they, they're, they're not willing to give you the buy and like, I'm watching wrestling and I'm like I'll like suspend my disbelief a bit so yeah, like, yeah. that, that wouldn't happen in real life but that's still wrestling 
but they are they've not got that buy-in already they're just looking for entertainment and watching what you're doing exactly so like you, you, these are the people that you need to keep them invested because if you don't keep them invested they'll be pissed off to the buggies do you know what I mean or they're going to go and do archery or something else Aye, so like there's, uh, there's a million different things that they could be doing so if they've came to the wrestling you want to keep them there and you want to get them a lot of these people walk up into their caravans once a week Aye. so you're, you're wanting them coming back the next week as well and it's in terms of like character development and stuff as well I think the camps is where I, I really found myself and uh, like with my, like my comedy stuff and like interact, like crowd interaction stuff like that because as I said it's about it's about keeping them invested and a lot of the time even though they're there to see wrestling wrestling moves are not what's going to keep them interested Aye. so have, letting them have a laugh and like putting it in a way that they'll understand it is like it, it translates well onto when you go back onto kind of like just working normal wrestling shows Aye. because every so often you will work an indie show where you can just sort of tell that the crowd don't really know what's going on especially if you're doing a lot of places like you're doing you're going to be there's going to be a lot of these you've turned up for the first time you've not really had a big TV presence so yeah. it's not, they're not going to know immediately what or who, who or what you are so you've got to then basically introduce yourself Exactly. Before you really, exactly. Like, either through the match or before the match. And I, I think the, the camps is like the best place for learning how to be like a clear cut. This is a good guy and this is a bad guy. Whereas like I see, uh, one, it was one of the things I was talking to uh, the trainees at the PW Academy on Sunday. Whereas like you can't tell straight away if they're if you're supposed to cheer them or boo them. Whereas I think it's important that right. Oh, that should be the first thing you should know. Is uh, like how you want the, the first thing you should tell the crowd is how you want them to be reacting to you. Yeah. Before like, it doesn't matter what moves you can do and else like they should know right from the get go what you're wanting them to be saying to you. you yeah. Know what I mean? If I go to like a, a more like a more family friendly show, yeah, it is clear quite a way because the simple thing of a good guy will clap everybody's hands <laughs> and a bad guy will completely ignore them. But that gives you that visual signal right away of who's good and who's bad. Yeah. But then if you go into like more adult shows with some of the bigger indie names, a lot of them may carry maybe the good the good guy in the match, but they carry themselves in a way that what's well, no cool to do the high five yeah. sort of thing. So there's no that obvious thing right away. But if you're going in and you've got all these different things you can use, then that's only going to help when you're doing these other places. Oh, well, like like I was saying, like on on the camps, like people don't really. They don't, they don't know wrestling and they're, they're going to cheer for who they like and if you're the baby face and if you're just you're just looking bust halfway through your match and you, just really, you don't really want to be there and all the rest of it, they, will, they will turn you know what I mean they will start I've seen it happen like they'll start cheering for the other guy um, just because they're more appealing you know what I mean whereas on the camps you can learn how to without, without like doing what you're saying like the high fives and all the rest aye. of it and you can bring it to like shows like ICW Discovery these kind of more indie crowds like how to just carry yourself and just in like the kind of just in your kind of motions and in your like your facials and just how you're moving about the ring Aye. and how to kind of get people to like you or dislike you, um, and it, as I as I keep saying, it's like there's nowhere else that you can really learn that the way you can on the camps. What's the silliest thing you've done to get a reaction on the camps? Because you, uh, you have all these guidelines of you've got some rules, but what's the thing you've looked back at and went, I kind of believe that. So we done the camps once um, and we went down a uh, Lakelands where we doing a Thursday, and um, so I was right down south. Um, and I'd left my gear in the motor in Glasgow, so I've showed up. I've no gear, um, but I've, I couldn't even ref. I didn't even have like my referee stuff with me either. So I'm still fully expected to go and work. Um, so that right, 
want to you know, just make shift gear. So I've got uh, one of Krieger's playing singlets on. Right. Uh, obviously I've no boots, so right, I'll tape my ankles and I'll tape my wrists. <laughs> no, that right. Well, you need you need some sort of gimmick. Um, obviously, cause I can't just go out dressed like this for, for no reason. So, and we didn't know that there was a wrestler called Crazy Steve. I, I suggested Crazy Keith. Right. But, uh, so I was crazy Steve and I went out and I'm talking like the Tasmanian devil and I'm going rah, rah, all the rest of it um, but no that was definitely strange um, me, me and Ross would do uh, when we tagged like every single thing like obviously you see us in ICW he's like fighting that one and it's all shouting and swearing and spitting and all the rest of it whereas like we'd come out on the camps and we're hodding horns and we're bumming each other on spots and all the rest <laughs> of it and like just like, total, total ridiculousness I don't know where to go for that. <laughs> <laughs> and as you said there, you kind of took your career international. Yeah. That's where you kind of went out and again, a lot of stuff you've done alongside uh, a kid fight, going places and getting involved and showing up in different shows, etc. Um, but then some of the things in the UK weren't always the most regular path. So folks see like the regular progression of the big companies at the time. Yeah. Um, but one of the first time I remember seeing kind of widespread talk about you online was around the stuff you'd done with like the first five star tour ah. and then it went on to the TV. Because um, at that point it was just promoting a game, was it? Was um, the point of the first tour? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I don't know if there was any kind of long term plans for it to become a promotion, but as far as I'm aware, um, the first tour was just a, like a publicity stunt almost for, right. for the game. Um, that's why uh, I think that's why so many kind of big names are all brought in, um, and the, like the game was really heavily advertised. Um, and obviously, Rey Mysterio was on the tour, so there was like a big kind of push on. Like I, I think they were bringing in some sort of Rey Mysterio DLC or something. Right. Um, so there was like a big push on that at the time. Um, but Five Star was massive for me. Um, I, I, was, I was I was only a wee guy when I got on it. I was like sixteen, seventeen. Right. Um, and I mind when they uh, when when they booked me for it, and I got told I was doing arena tour with Mysterio. Not I get you know what I mean. Like uh, I was like pure overwhelmed. I was like this guy be amazing, because um, it was big venues that were running. I it was like it was huge for me. The first uh, me and my dad had been to uh, Newcastle Metro to see WWE and all that, and that was like the first place me like me and him had went together. And that. So that was huge for me to go and uh, like go and work there. When um, <laughs> the night, but. I shows up and um, uh, Dan the promoter says to me, he's like, um, no, sorry, it was, he told me before, he's like, we're going to do a spot with, um, with you dressed up as Rey Mysterio. Right. He's like, Cause I think a lot of people think that it's, um, it's like going to be like some sort of tribute and it's not really going to be him. So we want we want you to come out dressed, dressed as Rey Mysterio right. and then actual Rey Mysterio come out or whatever. Um, so I've got a fucking a pair of Nike joggies up here washed out and all bottling up. <laughs> I've duct taped six one nine up beside them. Uh, I've got one of a, a, a Rey Mysterio mask off Rossi's merch table. <laughs> I was going to say if you were looking I, for a Rey Mysterio mask, <laughs> you would never do look far. I was the most <laughs> pikey Rey Mysterio gone. Um, <laughs> now I never knew that Dan never tell Rey Mysterio that we were going to do a spot. Right. So Rey Mysterio showed up to the venue. And I've just walked out of him with my fucking joggies with 619 duct taped on the side of him with a fake Rey Mysterio mask and she was like, oh, how you doing, mate? I'm Chris. I just remember, like, he shook my horn, but he just, just sort of looked at me and watched Aye. me as I walked away. And I think he was almost like, is this cunt for real? Aye, <laughs> he did. the piss. Um, and then after it, uh, they told me what the spot was going to be, so it was, uh, 
Ray Mysterio, I think it was AJ Styles like was calling Ray Mysterio or whatever and then I came out. Um, they were just amazing obviously getting to be in the ring with him um, and then he had the wreath finisher and Ray Mysterio comes out and makes a save but um, so uh, Dan the promoters explained to them um, that they're doing the contract signing and stuff and all the rest of it and they're arguing that they don't want to do it because they don't want to do a contract signing in Newcastle for a match that's going to be in Sheffield ah. because it's no fair for the fans because we don't get to ah. see that match exactly um, and the whole time I'm just standing there dressed as Rey Mysterio <laughs> 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 you're soft um, amongst yourselves so fucking Dan is just arguing 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 with these two and I'm obviously like ready for greeting like, uh, I can't believe I'm in this fucking situation <laughs> so eventually Dan's more or less just telling him look, there's no there's no way I'm getting up on it this is what's happening and Rey Mysterio's getting up there's 40 year of wrestling experience here and all that and you're disagreeing <laughs> he's like no 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 we're doing it and then after it, <laughs> I'm sorry, this wee tiny lift in the middle of the Mysterio and AJ Styles still in my mask on my jockey. <laughs> Never felt so awkward in my life. Um, no, that Newcastle, that Newcastle show was just mental in general. Um, we were talking about it obviously before we started recording, I ended up in a handicap match. And I, I, I never knew. Like, they didn't announce the card right. like before it. And it was somebody, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody else that told me what the match was. And so I'm like, do you know who I'm working? Like, ah, you're in a handicap match with uh, Damo and Magnus. I'm like, well, that's a fucking rib. <laughs> that's not happening. Um, but right enough, it did. Was there uh, not even anything that was like a reason to set it up? You were getting punished for like you'd done something I think, in the show I th- that I you th- were I think I had like I think I'd done like an open challenge or something. Right. Um, and then for whatever reason, two of them answered it, and I got my, my cunt kicked in. <laughs> but, um, no, there was like nothing was really like announced for it or anything. Um, I'd, oh, I'd been told on the lead up that I was going to be doing uh, some stuff with Spud, uh, but he ended up having to pull out for whatever reason. So that never uh. happened. Um, but no, so I ended up doing this uh, this handicap match. I mean, there was at one point, uh, the ch- Magnus is fucking, he's chasing me around the ring, <laughs> and I've grabbed it. It was a uh, it was a global force champion at the time, right. so I've seen the belt and I'm I'm like right, well, he's he's got to stop. If I go as if I'm going to hit him with the belt, he'll stop. Aye. So I've grabbed the belt and went as if I'm going to hit him with, and he's just kept charging at me, and I've just shot myself and flung the belt up in the air, <laughs> right, and dived in the ring, and I've just heard this pure clanging and banging in the background, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, I've just launched a Global Force title right up the chain, and I'm back in the ring, and I'm oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, <laughs> you're begging for forgiveness, but he was a, he was a gentleman, do you know what I mean, he was laughing up, um, the, the, whole, the whole tour was How many mental. shows was it? Um, so the first the first tour was free and fairness I think we were only fucking telly for three weeks as well. Um, no, but the the first tour was free. Um, it was Newcastle. Then we done Sheffield the next night, and Manchester. Is it? No. Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool was the third night. Um, so I get obviously a big match. Uh, well, big kind of angle as well on the first night. Um, then the next night I was working. I believe it was me and Martin Kirby against uh, Tim Wiley and Ross. Obviously, I was a lot more comfortable getting into that one. Yeah. Um, I've wrestled. I've wrestled Ross a million times. Um, I'd done some stuff with Kirby and I knew Tim well and that. Um, it was actually uh, Zoe. It's Zoe. Uh, Zoe something, but she's done all sorts now. Um, and Jamie Hater as well is doing all sorts down south, right. south as well and like they were on the show but they were like valleys which is like mental to think now they're like then they were like because uh, Dan had just said to us oh they've got these two trainee girls for well, like Rev Pro or whatever it was or if, uh, they're going to be your valleys and we're just alright okay you know what I mean now the two of them, the two of them are causing it so that's cool to see um, 
Yeah, I tagged uh, with uh, we tagged me and Ross tagged with the valleys uh, the next night. Jim Hayton, uh, that's all he lasted as well was, uh, for the final show. So that was no, it was brilliant. The first, the first Because in terms of say quite young at the time, no that long into what you're doing, and there's a, a lot of big names in that type of show. Does that bring you like a different pressure from like take you out of that? I guess you've got a bit of experience at that point of being in some different places, but that's a being around. Superstar, yeah, kind of no, that, not that against folk who are in your scene, but that's next, like that's folk who aye. you've seen on the telly. No, it was which we now see everybody on the telly, <laughs> but I mean, at that point, that's no, um, no, it was like if I'm backstage at like PWBCW or whatever, I'm fucking running about, I'm bamming folk up, you know what I mean, and I'm taking piss and all the rest of it. Whereas, like, walking backstage, there, it was like, whoa, like, this is like. This is the fucking SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 roster, do you know what I mean? Like, um, it, was, it was just like, the whole show was like, all these like, ex-WWE guys and all that, and it was it, 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 totally nerve-wracking, like, every single person, you know what I mean? Like, especially with me being young at that time, like, it wasn't that long ago that I'm sitting like playing with a wrestling figure all of these right. guys, do you know what I mean? Um, so no, it was, it was mental. Um, I remember like, each time I was like, shaking everybody's hand and all that, and like, being pure, Trembling and shitting myself, and then I got to I got to Jay Lethal. I'm like, how are you doing, mate? I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. He's like, wow, man! It's great to see you again. When did I last see you, Memphis? I'm like, I don't know what fuck was he doing, man? I don't know what five foot four Scottish wrestlers been cutting about the fucking Memphis scene. Jay Lethal knows him anyway. Aye. As you went on further, again, one of the I can't remember before we started recording at the beginning. But it's about that networking side. So that's new mere names, and I guess it's that kind of building your network out of different. Because then when it came back around, when they went to be in the TV show, yeah, at the very start there was that big kind of roar of people going, "Well, there's no lot of Scottish representation yeah. here." And then we're watching it, and then you, Craiger, and Kid Fight all turned up, and aye, aye, it was a how it worked. He's obviously we were doing the gimmick where. Each week we're running in, we're running in, and we're, we're trying to like get our match and all that. Um, and I remember saying to Ross on the phone, like before the tour started, I was like, this is not a fucking good idea, because this is not going to last long enough for us to ever actually get the fucking match. Um, and then, right enough, like the Manchester show comes about, um, it was it was going to be um, some variation of us, or maybe the three of us, um, against Mastiff and Big Grizzly. Right. So it was a gutter that the week that got cancelled, and obviously it's a week that we were meant to be wrestling. But even at that, like, it's an invaluable experience being able to say, "I walked live TV." Aye. Do you know what I mean? And even though there's like there's like, there is other promotions on on TV now, like I think a lot of people forget that it was live, and that is like if especially from a wrestler's point of view. Anyway, that's what's put it to fans. It's a wrestling show, Aye. regardless of when they taped it. But for us being able to contact a promoter, especially if you're like looking to kind of go further afield and into these bigger promotions, being able to say I've worked on live television before is huge. Like I remember going out, um, and it was the first time we cut a promo, and um, uh, our other segments had been a lot of them had been pre-taped, Aye. and then like kind of edited in uh, to the kind of live feed or whatever. Um, but I remember we had to cut a promo in the ring and. Plymouth, I believe, um, and it was never had my nerves dragged in my life. Like cutting a promo on live TV, and I'm like walking out. I'm like, 
I'm gonna go on the mic. I'm gonna be uh, 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 like I'm gonna lose it, but it, it, it worked out alright for us. Because the thing was the Plymouth show, because I'd watched it because it was on. But was that Thursday night or something? Yeah, uh, uh, Thursday night. Uh, I Thursday night. So there wasn't anything on. So it'd be one of the things I'd have on, and I'd have it on, but I'd be kind of pondering about the flatter day and stuff. And if there was folk I seen that I knew that was interested, and I was like, I was sitting for this, but I was sitting for that. But but it was it was because from the outside it looked really ambitious because WWE built up gradually to doing three hours. They didn't start with three hours yeah. on TV. The, the Raw was an hour, and then it was pre-taped, and then it was an hour, and then it was two hours, and then after like 15 years, they went to three hours. So that's something they built up gradually, and they've got hundreds of people backstage at a show making everything run. So to come in straight away and go, right, we're going to start off this new show and be three hours. And the best way we've seen the guys had done the tour before, it didn't look like everything was maybe set up it didn't look for the outside like it was very stable. There was that concern of what, what's going to happen with this. So we're watching it kind of go through, and there was, because I think with any wrestling, it's like any good TV series, it's like, it's never the first episode that gets you hooked in, it's when you start to see yeah, the stories spreading invested, through. Yeah. And there was stuff like that, because there's the stuff you guys were doing, there was the stuff with like Bram being shown occasionally, because the first week we were like, oh that must be an accident, it must just be their scene. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it just turns up, it's like, oh he just walked by with a beer, he's like, got a, He's been there seeing focus. So then the next week he shows up, they're like, Oh, actually, I need to pay attention to this because I don't know when he's going to show up or something's going to happen. And then the Plymouth show looked to be the best attended. And the way it was all set up, yeah. I thought it was a really nice wee arena. I think WWE have actually either done it I or think, I doing think it. they have done NXT UK there. Aye. So it's a, a good wee place in a set up. And then that was sadly the end there. Um, I just was. After, that was the last kind of successful show, I'd say. Um, there was there was Belfast the week after, um, but that was during like the blizzards and stuff. Um, like I, I was one of the people who, who couldn't make it. Um, I couldn't go the fucking street. Um, there's a lot of people were just stuck. Flight, a lot of people's flights getting cancelled and stuff. Um, one I will say about five star, but is, and it really it really got to me at the time. Um, a lot of people said, "I'm not watching five star. It's just this money mark," and uh, people fuck Dan Hinkles and this that. Dan had all the best intentions. Aye. Like, there's, there's no reason not to like Dan. At the end of the day, especially when it came to TV, wasn't really about him promoting his game anymore. And I honestly, day still believe as much as he might have made an asset, he just wanted a platform to put the boys on the telly. Aye. Do you know what I mean? He, he believed in British wrestling. He might have also believed in fucking SmackDown's 2006 roster Aye. as well, but he, did, he believed in British wrestling and you could see it with the way that he was using guys like Zach Gibson and all the rest of it. Like he did, he did still believe in the British guys, and he was he was trying his best to make us feel like stars as well. Like a lot of the American guys, and I don't mind talking about like like money and stuff. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the American guys were getting paid like after and like into their banks and stuff. Like I never had an issue getting my money. And a lot of people were like, oh, these guys, there's no, like, people, oh, they're going to be bumping all the boys and all that. And the fans don't fucking know that. It's just, it's just hearsay on Twitter. And not, not once did I ever not get paid for five star. And, I, 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 like, and I've not heard anything because with doing these and just with general conversation with people, I've not heard anything for anybody that worked there having a go at it. Because everything, folk were getting paid, you were going to, all right, maybe it wasn't, maybe it just got a bit ambitious and wasn't meant to be, but. And I've not heard anybody that actually worked there that complained about it. There's folk talked about the positives, like Joe Hendry's talked about 
get the chance to do commentary. He's like, well, he was training for the Commonwealth at the time, so yeah. he's like, I don't really want to be wrestling because I don't want to risk getting hurt when I've got this coming up. But it's like, that's something else he can now put. It's just yeah, exactly. Put it on your CV. He can put, it's like, he just went in there and the commentary. And it's more things, and that's where it got people the exposure to doing stuff. And um, again, you can, it's something that no everybody's going to be able to say. If they've seen a CV, you're like, well, I've done these live TV shows. Um, and it might not have went where we want it to be, but for those of us who like to go and see lots of different wrestling and see what's going on, there's a lot of sitting and kind of talking group chats and that going, this is good because it gives these guys who might not have seen, who might not have had, might not have had millions watching it, but there's probably a few folk who've watched it and go, I've never seen that person before, I'll be interested in seeing them. Yeah. And with, a, with all due respect to where everybody talks about this boom period of wrestling, if you can get an extra 20 people to come to a show, that's still a difference right. for a lot of shows. Exactly. That's exactly. an extra person paid. That's an extra wee bit of profit that's wasn't there before. Absolutely. So I, I never seen the reason to hate for it. I was like, I watched it. And if you don't like, I think as well. If you don't watch, like something, just don't watch it. You don't need to Aye. be on every week just pilling it if you're not watching it. Exactly. Like five star gave me an opportunity that I'd, I'd never had before, and I haven't had since. Aye. You know what I mean? Like like I was saying about working live TV, working alongside guys like Ray Mysterio and all the rest of it. Like I was what, maybe really like eighteen or something, um eighteen, nineteen ish. Um and I was working in the tax office at the time and with the money that I was getting paid there, like I got like I work one day and I'd been saying to my ma, I was like, If I can't get the time off to do this, these like weekly shows, I'm going out I'm going out my job in there. Aye. And then I went in one day and my manager was sucking that in my ear and all the rest of it. And I've just went, nah, do you know what I mean? I'm going to have my nose. And like, just a sicky shit. And I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm done. You know what I mean? Aye. And granted, it only lasted four weeks and then I was fucking unemployed. Aye. But it was, see for the seizures, that was the best four weeks of my life. You know what I mean? That was brilliant. Like, I absolutely loved it. Um, I know Declan Ross or Craig Gun could fight. Like, I know. The three years had an absolute ball the whole time. Um, obviously, it's sad the way it ended. Um, my only kind of gripe with it was how we were notified of it ending. Um, we were on like this kind of Facebook group page. So, from what we've been told, um, the Manchester show was um, something for whatever reason they'd cancelled it. Um, and on TV, they were still going to show on TV like a recap show. Aye. Um, and we were going to do like a press conference kind of thing, which was another thing that um, that if. Um, We'd done a press conference before it started. I'd never done anything like that before, and it's like a chance to to get to know these kind of things. Yeah. How how do I deal deal with this? How do, am I, should I be in character? Should I? Do you know what I mean? And you learn to find that kind of that kind of happy medium between being Chrissy Forbes and being Blue King Sharp. Do you know what I mean? When you're kind of talking to the, these press and that. Aye. Um, so they, they were saying that they were going to show a recap show, and we were going to do um, a pre- another press conference for like the kind of coming weeks and stuff. And then it's like it gets to like two days before the show, and everybody's on the on the page like, "Is this happening? Is this happening?" And one will hear him, one will hear him. And then it's like the night before the show, and everybody's like, "I've waited to go to fucking Manchester tomorrow. Like, what's happening?" Um, and then on the day, like we've just assumed that it's just not happening. Dan doesn't want to tell us. And I mind I was in the gym, um, and they've just this. I get this notification. Dan Hinkles has posted in the group. And I'm like, right, so. This is going to be the explanation as to what what's happened, and it's just on the group chat. Sorry, boys, that's us. 
we're done. Aye. Uh, it, it was just kind of like, fuck, like... There wasn't anything uh, in explaining. Uh, the there screenshots was nothing, of that came out pretty quick. There was, no, there was nothing personal about it, aye. do you know what I mean? Like, in fact, I forget that um, they came out, like, everybody, everybody had not seen that. Like, aye, there, was, there was nothing personal about it, and it was just kind of... Especially for somebody like myself who just quit my job, do you know what I mean? Like, even just a message to say... Look, we need, we need to call it a day, do you know what I mean? But then it also turns out that his computer game company had right. went out of business as well. Aye. Like, it wasn't it wasn't just Five Star. The whole, uh, I believe the company was Serious Parody, it was the, the kind of parent company to the stuff at Five Star and that. The whole thing, it just totally went Aye. under. So, as much as it might have been a gutter for the rest of us, I'm sure it was a lot more a gutter for the guy who's just lost fucking Cause, everything. Because you know there I mean? was, cause it's been one of those weird things in the last few years. Of wrestling's went from a some people did as a hobby in Scotland. Yeah. Right. Um, apart from like the folk who are doing like the full summers through the camps, etc. But it's never, it's never really been that full timeness for a long time. Yeah. Uh, certainly up here, I know there's some of the guys who do like like the camps in England ah. can go all year round pretty much. But there was that kind of spate of you were starting to see announcements that more people were coming out and saying actually I'm full time now I'm not just that and yeah it was seen as again. We chatted. I got lost, but we chatted a bit before we started recording. But you're saying about like the commitment of through the week, as that was a show through the week. I mean, you were still getting your weekend booked. No, absolutely, shows you absolutely. Were doing, but there was that chance of doing stuff through the week, which there isn't. There's, I don't think anybody runs through the week up here. But you're seeing no, more in more. England. You're starting to hear more of people doing as it like IPW do like Tuesday night grabs. Yeah. They've start. They've stopped it, but then they've put up this week that they're starting to do it again. And you're hearing more companies doing different nights of the week. That people will be able to make more of yeah. an income from it, um, but that was a real opportunity. And then, but then, I guess another way you can look at that is if that came up again, you've got different things to think about rather than just going, "Well, I'm going to pack it in." But you're like, "Well, I need a bit more assurances." Yeah. Based on like great. No, it was definitely like I learned from it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of the way that I look at wrestling as a whole. Like, I don't think you can have a bad experience in wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Because you can always take away from it and you can always go into your next match or your next booking or your next dealing with the press or whatever and you can you can take from what's happened in the past. Like, now I know after five stars, sometimes, as much as I might not like to believe it, sometimes things might be too good to be true. Aye. Um, and I, I did kind of, I had a kind of inkling that maybe this isn't going to last and all the rest of it, but there was, there was a sensible part of me saying, don't quit your job, work something out. Like, it's not going to last, but then there's other part of me that's just gone fucking mental. I'm going to be on television with stereo, and that part got the better of me. Very case of five star, but no, it was by by no means was five star a negative experience for me. Like, I got to work with world class wrestlers. I got to work with world class fucking production teams, and like the the setup and everything else. Yeah. Even even just be, being around that is mental. I mean, being totally blown away with a production truck with one of these trucks with tiny screens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we'll have some random guy sitting on his chair, probably trying to edit something with me, Ross and Derek. Like, Take a photo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because we we're losing our shit that we're in a production truck. You know what I mean? And it, it was cool. It was mental. Do you know what I mean? And no, like even though I would still say thanks to Dan for the opportunity that he gave me. Mm-hmm. And if five star were to run again, I would I would work for Dan again. Like I maybe wouldn't put so I wouldn't give him so much commitment. I wouldn't Aye. commit so much of my life to him. But no, I'd work for him again. He paid me. You know what I mean? Like he, he was good to me and he was a fucking lovely guy. Aye. You know what I mean? So no, I definitely work for him again. No, it was good hearing that 
kind of more rounded view of it than there was just a lot of kind of hate without any real reason yeah, for yeah, it yeah. by a lot of people and again I was willing to get the chance and see what came out but it's good to kind of hear that bit more in depth and yeah. how you're feeling that you've came out the other side still being positive about all the things you've learned for it because um, one of the things you said there about like the reason why you put in your notes but it's with all these different places you work and all the stuff you're doing internationally as well and that's a lot of commitment to like the time you must be like going away places and yeah. how has that affected like workplaces and even just away from wrestling although people might not believe that there is things that are <laughs> wrestling but there must be things that you've missed or like, have to make aye, decisions like, on right am I going to Copenhagen am I going to this birthday party or aye, aye, like I've missed a million birthday parties and fucking funerals and fucking everything do you know what I mean like I've missed all sorts um, but then if you really want to do this you, you need to you know what I mean you need to have that kind of commitment to it um, obviously with working as well like a lot of the um, it's only I'm only I'm, only, I'm still relatively new to like actually working because like I was and I, I was extremely lucky, especially with how young I was and stuff. Um, that I was getting so much work, and obviously I was still living with my parents, so I didn't really need to. Even though I'd left school and stuff, uh, I didn't really need to go and get like a job, job. Do you uh, know what I mean? Because I was still, like, I was made, like, like, living with my parents and stuff. I mean, I, you say full time, but <laughs> it's, not, it's not. You know what I mean? I don't know. But, it's thing you're doing. but yeah, like it was. I was making more than enough money um, doing that, so I'm still kind of relatively new. To like actual like ninety fives, do you know what I mean? Um, but it is, it is definitely difficult trying to, you know, I mean, get the holidays and get the time. To, to, because it's not as simple as the show in Copenhagen's on a Saturday and you're gonna fire him. You're gonna fire on a Saturday and fire him on Saturday night. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of the kind of a lot of these promoters are gonna find you the cheapest flight possible, and it doesn't make a difference to me what, ah. what like what what flight I'm on. But a lot of the times that will be right. We'll we'll fly you in on the Thursday and we'll fly you home on the Sunday. Aye. Um, which is in a case obviously trying to get two days off work, and then there's also the whole kind of thing of you fly in the Thursday. The show's not until Saturday, and you're just kind of sitting about in Denmark for Aye. a bit. And like as much like now it's better because like I've made mates over there like um, guys like Nitro Green and uh, Sebastian Day and Pete Phoenix and stuff like all kind of like gone great well you kind of guys but you're still sitting in a non-English speaking country for like and it's not as if it's not the same as a holiday Aye. you know what I mean it's not as if you're out partying every night and you might go after the show you might go out one night or whatever but then the other like every other night I'm sitting in mad Sebastian Danish because having dinner with his family while they all speak Danish you know what I mean like, and there's things as well like I do a wee bit of travelling with work but when you're away you end up spending money on things I find that you don't really aye, like, aye. Or you would normally it's like if I was out here like if I'm at home I'm not going go to the supermarket for something today as often a whole day but no, you, you're not doing that sort of thing where it's like oh I'll go and spend money because I need to fill time aye. or the bit where you're at the airport and the airport prices and all that it's like you end up so it, it all adds up these things and all then comes around so it's not just a I totally get what you mean but it's not just a turn up wrestle go away again yeah. it's all the time around it and all the things that come especially like, being in these foreign countries like even though it's not as if Denmark's a million miles away but they don't eat the same food that we do you no. know what I mean like things are different and That's like, what I've like, never like, gone. <laughs> like granted like I I mean like Sebastian he's a guy that I always stay, uh, stay there with having his family when I'm over um, they always suit me well and stuff but like 
I mean, they, they might they might make me something to eat, you know what I mean? But sometimes a McDonald's is just a lot better people uh, than fucking Luke Lil Flute, do you know what I mean? Or some fucking mad random Danish dish, do you know what I mean? I mean, they made me, um, they put the food in front of me, and it was this rice dish. And I'm like, what is this? And they told me it's this traditional Danish thing and all the rest of it. I'm like, all right, okay. And I don't know if it's just the sort of British thing or whatever, but when, when, I my, when I get my dinner, I'm expecting savoury, you know what I mean? <laughs> And fucking, so I started eating this right, and it was like sweet. It was, like, I don't know what to say. It was like fucking custard or something. I don't know. Right. It was horrific, man. Like warm. Oh, it was brutal. And I'm like, what is that? And it was like, oh, it's rice and, and milk and like, oh, it was stinking, man. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, there's no wonder I end up spending a half quid in McDonald's every weekend. Like nuggets, and nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's the there. Um, but I just want to kind of get back onto the something about the UK stuff that you've yeah. done as well. Again, some of the other places as well. So we've seen you, like, with five star stuff you've talked about there. Um, another company that gets a lot of stick, but has been ongoing for a good few years and giving people visibility across the world. So like, say, what was what culture now? Right. Fine. Um, so you've done stuff down there as well, and yourself or like tagging me Ross and that as well. Uh-huh. Um, again, that's a different audience and again a different group of guys that you've been around um, doing there. No. Um, Walking for what culture was like as soon as, as soon as that started up. I remember I remember watching, um, I think it was uh, Blompier that announced it. Um, he's a little Sam, I'm a wrestling fan as well. You know what I mean? I like these what culture videos and like I would watch the lists and stuff. So, I seen I seen the announcement and right away I'm like, ah, I need to get somebody's fucking email address. <laughs> like, um, some uh, and Ross had been doing the same thing as well. Um, where he's been uh, trying to find out uh, we hadn't communicated this actually happened with five star as well both of us were trying to go on without communicating with each other and then both ended up you know what I mean together um, but no we ended up um, we done we done the promo uh, we spent a whole day um, where it was uh, Glaswegian culture and we've got the fucking <laughs> the woolly jumpers on and all that mm-hmm. and, and all that was that was a brilliant laugh working for them um, and I, I think it was Joe Hendry um I can't mean if it was, either, it was him or Susie Kennedy, um, but it was one of the they were both working for what at the time uh-huh. in the offices and stuff, um, and we sent we sent that video, and they told us that uh, the whole room was like it was just pure erupted after watching that, and I was like, and I was just, I was just blown away because I'm like, these guys if we're making them laugh we're onto something because like. As much as these guys are wrestling fans and stuff as well, they're yeah. entertainers, you know what I mean? They've, there's a reason that these guys have such a strong following yeah. like online and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, right, if we're making these guys laugh, you know what I mean? We're, we're doing something right. Um, I know Blompier was dead, I know he was high on us. Um, Adam Pichitti, like I still, I still kind of hear from him now and then. Um, it, like he, he was, uh, I know he was like watching Five Star and stuff, like he was high on us. Um, we were really enjoying what we were doing. Um, we worked Prospect, uh, Moss and uh, Slater, which is like a ridiculous amount of Aye. views on YouTube now as well. Like just because it was because it was on their channel. Do you know what I mean? Because um, that's the thing. I, I think unless you've been to a lot of culture show, uh, like I don't think people understand it as quite a a unique audience in itself. Aye, I don't Aye. think it's not an audience that you would see or the way they react and the way they do things. It's very much it is a culture of their own. It's not they're not always people you'll see other stuff. They see themselves as well. We fans are mostly WWE, but they're also what culture fans. Yeah, yeah. So they'll yeah. come along and they've got their own audience, which 
reacts differently. All different, all different crowds react in different ways, but they do have a. Because I remember the first time I went to one, I went to one in Newcastle, and I was like, I don't understand why people are reacting to certain things yeah. and that. But then, because I was never a great watcher of other videos and stuff, but it, is, it seems very self-contained. Yeah, like um, before we actually started working for them, I remember seeing like. Uh, stuff like, like Pichetti and Bompier were managers and stuff and I mean it's not as if like, I had an issue with it or anything but I was kind of like why why are they why are not, uh, there's, pl- there's plenty common, of managers there's, there's a lot of managers and like there's a lot, there's enough workers in the UK to be filling these spots why are they using these walk culture guys and then I never I thought you I thought you were getting <laughs> those I was like what's that what's you doing you alright um, you, can, you can speak I'll just send it to you um, sorry. you need to say something to if <laughs> <laughs> hey, I remember seeing um, Pachiti and stuff, and what on these shows, and I'm like, well, why, why is it, why is it these guys? No, it was, it was a common thing though. It's like the fans, most common things. Why are these guys doing it? They are not wrestlers. Yeah, uh, they should be wrestlers or managers that are in these spots, and that was quite a common thing. But then yeah, actually being see. in front of the crowd, in like around they the crowd, stuff, you, you learn that if anything. We should be asking why the fuck are we using these British wrestlers? Because these guys are ten times more over than any other. They, they were like they were they weren't wrestling fans, were what culture fans? You know what I mean? And there's a there's a reason that these guys were on the shows. Like then there's a reason it was so successful. Do you know what I mean? Um, obviously, once it kind of became defiant and stuff, um, it was uh, Dragon Isu. He was a kind of he was a kind of main kind of influence in getting me and me and Ross in. Um, I know him and Ross had like bucked together and stuff. Um, Years and years ago, one PW. I mean, that's how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know. I, I think he might be back now. I don't know. Um, but I know he had he had left. And then obviously, like the stuff with like cultaholic started. Uh-huh. And I think it would be just kind of any kind of the, the guys who the guys who wanted us there had then left. And then when it became defiant, you know what I mean? It kind of we kind of went our separate ways. Um, but no, like it was a, br- a brilliant experience working for them. It was I really enjoyed like especially the stuff we done with uh, with Prospect. Like, it was a brilliant laugh. Because that's again another idea of being in front of like a, a filmed wrestling show. Although it was not they did do some live shows. Yeah, it has been filmed for TV. So there's that working to make sure you're not distracting the room, the camera, being aware of things, are seeing all the stuff that goes on to organise it. Again, it's a they're consistently doing it, and not many companies are. It's going to the new. It's just about then you you come back to ICW. Um, so like yourself and Kriger have came in and started like working, uh, helping kids fight out. I can't yeah. remember, I, I should have looked it up. I can't remember what was it exactly. He came back was I can't remember if it was even announced if it's a freeze or he's just. Um, no, so it started. I can't. I can't remember the exact date. Um, but it was. It was no long. It was actually no long after. Um, the walk culture stuff because I remember Ross telling me that Dallas had seen it and it'd been like, like where's that been? Do you know what I mean? Like Aye. where's that kind of like that kind of level of character and stuff been? Um, so eventually Ross tells me that we're gonna do this gimmick where it was me that came back at first. Um, I think it was some sort of tag match, um, but it was basically I came through and I had the balaclava and all the rest of it. Aye. Um, which is fucking stupid because who the fuck else was it going to be? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no man. <laughs> <laughs> five foot four was running to help kid fight, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't going to be anything else. Um, and then I think Dick ran out Shah or something. Which then ended up kind of, that was a few years together. Um, but no, like, I think my first run in ICW, I was immature. 
Um, I think I didn't handle things um, in the best way. I think I could have done a lot better, and I could have been. I think I could have been a lot more dedicated as well. Um, but I was still give, I was given a lot of good good opportunities and stuff. So that yeah, when I came back the second time, I had I had something to base it on. You know what I mean? I wasn't just a, com- a completely fresh face. Do you mean amateur as in how you were react, how you were in the ring, or just how you were like behaving about getting on stuff or like the backstage stuff? Doesn't have to be like, 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 like both. I like, I just, I just, I don't think like, I handled things the best. Right. Um, backstage, I don't think. I think I was, I was young. You know what I mean. I made my CW debut. I just turned sixteen. You know right. what I mean. I literally, I wasn't old enough to be in the fucking building. You ah. know what I mean. Um, I think I could have. Uh, I, I hadn't totally found myself as a wrestler yet. Like I didn't know what I wanted to be, if I wanted to be this kind of comedy wrestler or if, like, I didn't ever trust that I could have a serious side, not a serious side, but like a kind of a more aggressive side, you know what I mean, like I was just, I was always out trying to do the same comedy spots that got laughs before and I didn't quite fully understand that uh, if you've done it once, they've already laughed at it, they're not necessarily going to laugh at it again, you know what I mean. Um, I just think I could have handled it a lot better, but obviously I came back um, and I, I, I did handle it a lot better than I did the first time. Um, I had Ross there helping me out. Um, obviously, he's kind of it was it was gaining his direction. Um, I think one of the main things with my first run as well was I was just doing a lot of nothing. You know what I mean? I was just I was just bouncing about, um, <coughs> like doing kind of nothing significant. So nobody's nobody's really gonna care if I'm Aye. if I'm if I'm not doing the best but now that we've come back, we've got like we've got the stuff for the fight network, Couple de Bruyne. Um and I think people I think we are now we're gaining something people something to care about and I think there's more reason there's more reason to connect with Pure Dead Brilliant than there was to connect with me the first time because yeah. I like I like I like divers and I like Toll, but we're like we're not like pure best mates, you know what I mean? Aye. Whereas like I think it comes across from my my point of view anyway, I think it comes across with me and Ross and Decker out and then I think that wait, you can tell one mates, you know what I mean? You can tell we're enjoying just, ourselves. See, and seeing the difference between like the two the two places I see is more I've seen is mostly is like ICW, you're like the bad guys and you're dead aggressive and that. And then there's a complete flip side of discovery <laughs> where the crowd just see we go daft and they love all the silly stuff that you do and there is that kind of playfulness to yeah. it. A, a bit, that side's more mates having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. And a carry on and the crowd get into that because like they're in it as well. And then at ICW, it's like mates who are all got each other's back and yeah. like, right, let's just get in a book, like, we take the advantage of, right, let's just get this kind of battered. No, definitely. Um, and there is that complete flip between, but both of them come across as really genuine, which I think yeah. helps as well, because it's real, and if something's real, you'll believe in it. Because uh, you it, can do stuff, and it's, a lot of it's reaction. Like, with little things just do with each other, or something will happen, and it'll just be an automatic reaction. There's no thinking, oh, this is what I need to do, it's just... That's what I would do. Yeah, it's not. It's not so much like. It's not so much playing a character. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just this is what this how we are. Like especially at Discovery, like when we're bamming each other up and taking pictures of each other and the rest of it. Like that's not us like doing a comedy spot. That's that's always always just us taking pictures. You know what I mean? Like the it's the same kind of same kind of humour we would have like backstage as well. That and then we come through the curtain and it's just we're continuing the same jokes. Do you know what I mean? Like, and a lot of the time, like Discovery as well. Like, I think one of the reasons that, like, it has we have been so kind of popular with the crowd there, is that 
we don't really think about the wrestling as much. Like I remember um, one of the last shows we done for them, it was a six man tag, and we we were all just so buzzing. They did a spot where they try and power bomb me out the ring, uh, and they miss, and I just take the power bomb. And the whole way there, we're like, we're all how because we found it funny. Aye. Do you know what I mean? We're all howling with it. Um, and I, I mean, I think it was a funny spot, but I think it was better because you could tell how much we were enjoying it while we were Aye. doing it. Do you know what I mean? I think that comes across a lot with the stuff we do, and it's like, like well, I said, that's why we're all more solid. Something I listened to the other day was on a football podcast that was talking about if you do something, if you've got something you want to do, and you do it because you enjoy it, and you know your pals will enjoy it you'll find an audience yeah. and it might not matter if that audience is 200 or 200,000 if you're doing it people will buy it because they know that's what you believe in it yeah. and you're doing it so if you know yourself oh this will make the other two of them laugh then it's going to make folk in the crowd laugh as well yeah. that will expand out because it's real it might not be that person's sense of humour but they're going to laugh because they know that it's genuine Aye. Um, but they so you've done the stuff with Discovery because that was the so the anniversary show was used against Chase, Bad Bones and... Uh, yes, the anniversary show was Chase, Dave Conrad and Conrad Bad Bones, yeah. and Bad Bones. Because um, you did have the run through the, like, the stuff back and forward to you and Michael Chase last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that was a lot of fun as well. Because the thing I find funny at Discovery is I didn't have seen you anywhere else being a good guy. Aye, aye. Uh, it's something... It's uncommon, aye. Because I don't know which side you'll feel you sit on yourself, but when I was growing up, we... You are a, a bit shorter. Yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up at school, was if somebody was short, they were either the really funny one or they were a right nasty wee bastard. <laughs> I guess about because, both. <laughs> because either way, you didn't get messed with. Because if you're a nasty bastard, nobody's like, oh, he's just going to be too much bother to mess with. If you're a funny one, folk will look up for you because, oh, he's a funny pal. And that's where I think I've seen that kind of, that's what I identify when I yeah. see you. It's like, I know folk that I grew up with when I see you being the nasty wee spiky bastard who's putting the boot in yeah. and somebody's doing. I, mean, I know that, so I can relate to that. Yeah. But then when you're being the kind of comedy stuff and you've got your two big pals looking after you, it's like, oh, I, I know that as well. And that's yeah. something you, you would see and everybody can go, oh, I know somebody that... Yeah, somebody like that. Like, everybody knows somebody like that. I... As a, but it's just the way I talk, but it's like, as a smaller wrestler, the traditional thing in wrestling would be is that you're the good guy who gets battered and then makes his comeback and goes with it. But it does seem more you go on the other side. Of it. So is that something that was conscious? Like, would that be different? Or has it just been... Are you just a nasty wee bastard? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like... A smile at the back of the room. <laughs> I, I, I think um, I was definitely... The first place I'd ever walked his face was um, Pro Wrestling Elite. Right. Um, I was really young. And I like I enjoyed working there, but I just I, it felt so unnatural and I just I really, really didn't know what, what to do. Um, and it was only... Being honest, it was like it was only really that last camp run where, like, after that, somebody booked me and they're like, You're gonna work face, I'll be like, That's fine. Um, but before that, I'd be like, Oh, and I'd maybe try and find a way that I could maybe get out of here and maybe get me, book me as a hero or whatever. Um, and even with the Michael Chase thing as well, like, that when I was working face then, a lot of that was me sort of finding myself in that kind of role. Um, the Ross eventually was like, Right, you're gonna be a baby face the whole summer, right. So it's a case of get good or go home, you know what I mean? Like uh, when you're gonna when you're gonna be doing it five days a week. Um so it was definitely really difficult for me to kinda find my comfort zone there. Um 
like when I first started doing it, I was like, well, I don't know what fuck, I don't even know what fucking moves to do, you know what uh, I mean? Like, I was like, right, I, I can do a six one, you know, do that. Uh, <laughs> but like, no, I just, I just didn't have a clue, whereas now, after doing it on the camps, after uh, like the stuff you were saying with Michael Chase and that, um, a lot of it, I think, was trial and error. Um, but no, I definitely think I, I've, I've found, my, found my feet with Because I think one of the things you hear about wrestling is that folk become the folk who become the really top, top good guys is normally after they've been a bad guy for a while. Yeah. It's just learning that switch with like Stone Cold, The Rock, other kind of big obvious examples. Even John Cena was a bad guy originally yeah. and then went to... Um, but there is that... Because I definitely think on the ICW side is that folk are really coming around and they enjoy these are dangerous. You might be yeah. nasty in that. But that's the type of act eventually in ICW is are going to be... The, the big the, like folk the big matches and things switch around and then that helps you build up and that's where all your experiences are going to add up because you're still young what are you know hey, I'm 21 on Friday I could be a dad but as that I mean with all the experience you've got in, is that I've looked at all the different companies you've worked at and all these things you've got is you are you're a young veteran <laughs> although there's other folk using that phrase at the moment in wrestling but You've got all these things that you've learned and the places you've been, the experiences that there's not a lot of people can say that they've got yeah, and built yeah. you in good stead for the rest of what you want to go on to do. No, I've, de- I've definitely been really, really lucky in that sense. Like, obviously, I started training when I was like 12. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I remember it was one, one of the things that Ross had they always said to me was like, because I, I, I remember there was a wee period where I was kind of getting frustrated and I was like, because I couldn't get on shows because I was, I was too young to be on a show. And he was like, right, these guys might be getting on shows ahead of you, but one day you're going to be 22 and you're going to be have started Aye. doing this 10 years ago, do you know what I mean? Aye. Like, so no, I was, like, and I say that now, guys like um, like One Jacks and Danny Edwards, Logan Smith and that, like, it might be, like I said, I kind of breaking out a bit more now, but when they were younger, I would say, them, like, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be frustrating that you're being told like Jaden that owned Jacks, um, he's my Aye. cousin, like, and he, he looked like a wee guy, you know what I mean, fucking braces and all the rest of it, and I'd say, look, it's frustrating now, but that one day you're going to, you're going to have so much more experience than all the other people at you, that are your age at that point. Because even, if we want to talk about young people, because just an example of what you said earlier on about, you can do something once and people do the laugh, but you don't get it all the time. Yeah. It's like the Academy Attack show in December, the main event for that, I was, Pissing myself laughing <laughs> when the three boys came out. Because for the folk who weren't there, they three boys, I don't think any of them were above 12. I don't even think would somebody say after it. See, I, le- I left after some match, but I believe right. it was it was we Sam, wasn't it? I don't know their names, I was guys. too busy laughing when they were getting shit. Um, no, the chances, the chances are you're right. Yeah, I for the three 12, boys, because the three boys came out and they were all, were they at least teenagers? Um, 15, 16, 17-ish. And then these their opponents came out, and this is the end of our show. And there's been some decent names on it, like say yourself, um, uh, Craig, and that have been yeah. about places. So we're like, well, who are we going to get? We don't know. There's no one announced show. And then these three boys came out. Can be? I, I was told they were between like nine and twelve. Yeah. And the crowd just got so into it, and it's one of the favourite matches I've had that I've seen all year because everybody just got so into it. It's like, yeah. Let's give these boys their back, and they're obviously they're they're trying their best. It's a fam. It's family and friends and a lot is there, so it is a very encouraging crowd. But, um, again, maybe not a traditional wrestling crowd, but a few people. And it was just one of those things that's like, they probably couldn't do that, every, they'll not be able to do that every show, because they've had that, oh, it's the young boys yeah. pop it. But 
they are going to, if they're that good now, if they keep out the training, exactly, then when exactly. they're your age, um, there, there's going to be something else because they're worried they got that, that you might get that bite, but it doesn't mean you get the heat in the whole And they've, they've, they've had that match now, like you were, like you were saying, where everybody was totally behind it, and it's, it doesn't matter how good the, the match might have been or no been, uh, I've never seen it, okay, um, so I don't, I don't actually know, but it, it gave them that buzz, it gave them that taste, uh, a crowd gone mental for them. Aye. Do you know what I mean? And it's gonna make them want to come to train every week. And it's gonna make them want to bust their balls and get better. Aye. And if they, and I've I've seen the boys at the school and they're all they're all they're all good. Do you know what I mean? Like, and if they're gonna keep busting their balls in ten years, they're, they're gonna be mega stars. Do you know what I mean? Aye. Because you can't you can't be doing it that long, and you can't want it as much as these wee boys want it because. There's nobody on the wrestling scene that wants it more than a nine-year-old boy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I remember being that age and choking to go to wrestling school and all that, but it was it was an option at that point. Do you know what I mean? Whereas these are, these are wee guys who are still mega fans of wrestling. Uh, do you know what I mean? And if had a match, they can go exactly exactly after Christmas and go. I wrestled last week. I've got, I've got a new school bag. Well, I'm fucking wrestling in front of people. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I got the reaction. Probably somebody's found it and can show their pals. Exactly. That's exactly. something they've always done. Um, and it is just that's what it's all about. It's like I always say, wrestling's for wins, and the rest is are just clinging on with a finger. They accept it and being like, ah, well, it's, it's go along and enjoy it. And mostly it's for young folk to enjoy. But there is some who do keep going and no, got on life and keep absolutely. doing it. And but them having done it, like. That's just something going to keep them there, isn't it? And give yeah. them that fire. And I did really, I did really enjoy that. Being the sixty eighth show of the year, I was burnt out to fuck. Just in general, <laughs> uh, I was needing my holidays, time off work, and I went to it, just got to support uh, Rain, who you're teaming with that night. <laughs> and so I've got the ticket off her for it. Gone along to support her debut, and just like the rest of the show, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who these people are, but it was. It was just really good end to the year of just be, that really feel good. Yeah, and that's what wrestling gives us. It's we do it because we enjoy it. That's what, that's what wrestling should be, do you know what I mean? Like, wrestling doesn't need to be five-star matches every match, every night. You know what I mean? You get bored. Like, if you exactly, exactly. dinner every night, it's good for the if, first if few days. Was, if it was a five-star match every every match on the card, it wouldn't be a five-star match anymore, no. you know what I mean? Whereas, like, it's, it's a, it should, wrestling should be about enjoying yourself and it should it should just be about having a laugh and having a good time, you know what I mean? That's that's the main thing about it, it's entertainment. Aye. So, we talked about how you've done other stuff with Craig and Kid Fight. Yep. You got together and you built through the year, but then you made it one of the hydro card and um, an opening match, big spot. How was it for you to go from uh, a space of five years, you went through like Academy Attack, to now being like the biggest show of the year in Scotland? That is, Den Hydro is absolutely mental. Like, you can't describe it, it was totally blown away, do you know what I mean? Like, like finally like, getting to it, obviously, like, if I want it for a few years. Like uh, I remember, obviously last year, um, me and Dick like we ran out. Aye. It was like oh, we ran out. We set up the table. The table fell out. You know what I mean? Aye. So uh, literally, the only thing we did was set up the table and it fell. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, no, nah, like, I want to be like a part of this. Do you know what I mean? So like being out there in front of my tour. Do you know what I mean? Giving you that kind of slight taste. But so obviously when, when we were going into the tour as well, we, like we'd be like, like gone for it for the whole year. Do you know what I mean? The intention of getting there. So. And that's a validation of that you've <coughs> a good spot the roster. Like you've been around as yeah. like the guys. There's only so many places can go on that sort of card. But you're in it and you're in there and you're in and you're like, well, that's a good kind of accumulation of all that work you put in for no, you. Absolutely. Especially moments. like the like the people that were in the match as well. 
obviously like Rampage and Ashton the Briscoes uh, like everybody in the match you know what I mean is like top quality Team Even those who are not officially like, in the match, like Vicky Haskins, nah, nah, nah. nah, it was, uh, it was, that was amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like definitely the highlight of like what I've done so far. So moving on from what you've done, is in the last week you've been announced for there's a new company coming over and we're going to be running the show. You announced as the first superstar. Yep. So there's not very much known about this. So <laughs> what do you know? What can you tell us? Tell so, us about the company. And what you know? Um, the company is called All uh, All Wrestling Organisation. So AW Scotland is basically going to be um, as part of the all-wrestling organi- all organisation, um, so they run shows in Ukraine, uh, Israel, they've done shows in Egypt, um, and they've got shows in Morocco as well. Um, so I've heard about these shows through Chaos in Denmark, um, and I eventually contacted Mahran, um, who's the kind of the guy who runs the kind of main stuff over there. Um, and basically I was trying to get work for him um, and it one thing led to another and then basically he's offered to start an AW Scotland so I'm going to be heading that up over here um, there's still a few things that have to still be sorted um, in regards to like dates and stuff so I don't want to say too much just now Aye. but uh, no like I'm definitely looking to do something different with um, as we had spoke about earlier like I bet there being not as many like kind of fresh faces. Aye. So like I want to be using guys that I've seen like elsewhere that I haven't necessarily be seen like in the central belt. Um, but if obviously if people keep posting on like social media and stuff, um, they'll be able to keep updated with like when the date's going to be, when the first show's going to be announced, um, and who's going to kind of be involved with it. Aye. I've seen it's like the AWO Scotland is the Facebook page that I'd seen yeah. the updates on. Because um, we'd already arranged this before that started to get announced. I was like, oh, that gives us something to to talk about. And I think as well, the guy who's the the, the promoter is there, he's doing an interview with Scottish right. Wrestling Network. Um so they watch up for their social media as well, just seeing for more information on it, there's gonna be more coming for there as well. No definitely. Um but I like as I said that's I don't want to say too much right now but it's gonna like I'm definitely looking to bring everybody something something different. Aye. No, it's always good for something different. It gives folk the options. Eh? It's going to be um, a, a separate roster as well from the rest of the, of the like um, the other AEW brands. Right. So it's going to be like totally fresh faces. Um, then with regards to the the rest of the AEW product. Right. So do you mean in terms of it won't be like the people from the other shows coming over? Yeah, no, so um, be your own Scottish roster. No? So um, the the owner Mahran, um, he's going to be there on the night. Um, as well as um, his kind of his kind of secondary, um, he's going to be there as well. Um, so two of them are going to be there for the first show. Um, but other than that, it's, it's all going to be um, like a, a separate roster from right. Uh, the like the Morocco Israel. Ah, right. So just it's yeah, yeah. kind of individual thing yeah. rather than a like it's not just like a touring. Yeah, it's a, it's not like a touring promotion. And um, each kind of each country. Is like kind uh, of got like the, their own roster. So kind of standalone. Uh, and then um, once a year they do a show, WrestleFest, um, that's in Israel. Right. Uh, usually. Um, and that's when they kind of bring in guys for like each different promotion. Ah, oh, sounds good. And again, it's just good to have something different. I uh, definitely, and then obviously, hopefully it'll eventually lead on to some of the, the Scottish guys going over and like working in these kind of other branches as well. And it's like we talked about earlier on, it's just about that networking and building yeah, definitely. building relationships and trust and <coughs> gives people different people to go and work with yeah, and definitely. the work passes and it gets along for there. So it's before we go into some of the stories you promised, um what 
Is the Girardi five years in, five, six years in, of actual being out performing? Um, you've been around, you've done the TV, we talked about yep. Five Star, we do quite regular in ICW and Discovery and other places, all the PBW shows, PBW Larbert coming up, give that a wee plug, because it's the one show of the year I can walk to, so that's always good. Um, what, what else is your aims for this year? Is anything else you want to achieve or places you want to go to? Or um, well, I'd, I'd like to do more um, in, in Europe, um, obviously, like I said, I enjoy going out to like, Denmark and stuff. Um, so I'd like I've done wrestling in Germany, um, so I'd like to kind of hide the league over there and then maybe break out, break out in a few more kind of, uh, promotions down south. Aye. Um, but no, like I'm obviously I'm doing ICW with with Craig and stuff. Uh, obviously, it's purely about fighting and work. I'm doing like discovery and everything as well. So I'm looking to obviously keep up, uh, keep up with what I'm doing there. Um, but no, like I, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think. It, it, I can't remember we touched on it at the very beginning or not, but you seem to find your work and get about and get different places. So you might not have a plan, but I think you've got the no, effort to um, go and find it. I no, I'd, um, I'd like to obviously get to like America or whatever. So like obviously if it's a case of like going out and I don't know maybe going out to America for a bit and doing a bit of training over there or something. Um, obviously there's like promotions like evolve and stuff, uh, that kind of tied to schools and stuff. So. Aye. It'd be good to obviously go and kind of learn from like kind of bigger promotions like that. Um, I can see if it, like we can make that kind of jump to like have kind of bigger levels of. So we'll finish up. We've got two. You said you've got two stories. Um, the first one you mentioned um, a pre-match prayer with D1. Uh, D1. Aye. <laughs> um, so I think it was like sixty or something. And fucking I ended up uh, it was me, um, Mickey Vago and Chris Archer against Devon Dudley, Bill Harper and it was Alan Sterling. Where up was this? At, uh, up at WrestleZone. Right. For the Ramadan Anarchy show. So it was the first time I'd wrestled in the Beach Ballroom as well. Um, and it was just, like a massive crowd that they get in there. It was a brilliant setup that they get in there. That's not the biggest show. Yes, I, yeah, I think it's a bit more than that actually. Right. Um, I'm not sure the exact number though. But as I said, that's like the, the biggest show of the year up there. So it was. Obviously, I shake myself getting that off. Obviously, wrestling Yvonne Dudley. Um, so I went out <laughs> and I smoked a fag. Um, and I came back in, and Yvonne Dudley was like, I was smoking at 16. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sorry, I shake myself. I sat down, that's how I smoked my vape. And she said, Oh, Japanese inspiration. <laughs> he was like, In a match, I'll give you a dominator, and you'll go feel that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Fuck. He was like, You go feel that. I'll give you a spear and y'all go feel that. And I'm like, shite myself. I don't know the day, like, I think it was a bill Aye. or whatever he said he was going to do. So I'm absolutely shite myself. Good to see Dion Dudley. Um, so before the match, I'm like, good, walk up. Good luck, mate. So obviously, Dion Dudley needs 15 year old looking sharp slug. <laughs> Fucking. Um, he's like, now I'm going to ask Jesus for good luck. I'm like, what? <laughs> he takes me to the hall and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on the hood and Devon does his on it. Oh, what the fuck? He opens his eyes and he's like, How do you feel? And I'm like, Hey, how you good, mate? They're good at this, mate. They're good. And fucking, he said they just wanted to call or they kind of uh, start the match in the ring, which is the first time I've ever done it. Right. So I'm like, Right, I'll just listen to him. And fucking, he takes me to the ropes and he goes like, Flying burrito. And sends me off. I'm like, What the fuck's a flying burrito? So he turns out I'm running for him. And no, it was cool. Uh, it was like I was fucking shitting myself. 
But no, no, I ended, I ended up it went really well. And that's what I said a couple of minutes ago. We talked about like you find yourself your opportunities is getting in the ring at sixteen with a form like, ah, like when folk talk about the greatest tag teams of all time, like with everything the Dudley's done and all the places that, that they got titles and the shows that they're in, that's something you've done. You're now five years on for that. No, I it was. Uh, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Um, but no, like obviously. I'm very happy with like how everything's fucking everything's went since then. Do you know what I mean? Like getting opportunities like that at that age. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Kind of. Again, that kind of boosts obviously getting to the kind of next level. Um, do you know what I mean? Like obviously you kind of carry well, like what you learn, and the kind of matches like you get like you learn stuff that you kind of carry with you like, the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Um, so um, obviously I've kept up like I'm I'm up at wrestling. Like constantly now, do you know what I mean? Obviously, Kai goes up now as well. Like, right. then tag team up there as well. Before, obviously, I was kind of doing stuff myself, but obviously, going from up, Kai goes come up now with one wrestling tag tables and stuff. So, um, no, wrestling is definitely is one of my favourite places to work now. Um, so, especially in the sense of like where I've went in that promotion after that match. Aye. I do you know what I mean? It went better. No, so I didn't know very much about WrestleZone until I got invited up with, done like recording. Going up the road back way, like Jason Reed, Dandy Wild, yeah. and um, Johnny Lyons, and I've never even known Johnny Lyons. Is brilliant, right? He is. He's within five minutes of being in a car, became my favourite person I'd ever met in wrestling. No offence. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was just the way he comes up with stories, and he's one of these guys that's been around for so long, and I don't think he realises just how funny he is. But, um, I some of the stuff I had to cut out as well. That was interesting. <laughs> But as I said, it's just a really fun place to watch yeah. wrestling. No, like I, all, all the guys up there, do you know what I mean, the class, just as a case of a lot of them are kind of wrestling exclusively up there. But um, no, like if it's, it isn't that far to go to, do you know what I mean, especially for a show like the the ones in the beach ballroom, I would do you know what I mean? So like if everybody's kind of looking for something different, you know what I mean, it's definitely worth the, kind of, the trip up. No, d- definitely. I'm going to try and get a more this year because um, I have seen what they're putting on. and Yeah. Um, so I know they've got a show. That, I don't know when this will be out. It might already have passed, but they've got a show this Saturday. Um, it's Summer Hall Hotel, I think, or ballroom. Whatever, I can't remember exactly which one it is. Uh, look up wrestlers on sites; they'll tell you where it is. Uh, <laughs> but they've got a show. See, Craig was up there. Um, Jester's up. There's so many. Craig, Jester, Damien. I guess maybe. Aye. Um, so there's, there's names that you're seeing up there that are names you're not for through doing here. So it's not just you be up in the bedroom. There's a stranger. There'll be that sprinkling, you'll have these other guys that you've not seen before, it just gives you something different to no, absolutely. This came about because somebody tweeted saying, if you ever get the chance to talk to Lou, um, talk about this story, and then you, tweet, <laughs> then you tagged me above it and I was like, oh, I guess I'll, 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 if you twist my arm, I'll, I'll sit down and record for you. Um, aye, aye. So, so let's hear the story. So, I was about 15 or 16 year old. Um, I had to fuck all matches anyway, <laughs> like less less than ten. I hadn't done, hadn't done a lot, um, and somebody says to me, "We're going to SSW, which is a defunct promotion now." Um, and he says, "The Nigerian government have paid for this guy Power Vic right. to come here." Um, and I paid for him to come out and wrestle in Scotland. Now, I'd heard that something similar happened before um, right. in the Kelvin Hall where uh, like it was like Ultimate Commander and stuff um, in the Nigerian, all these Nigerian dignitaries and all that or all there. Um, but 
they'd, for whatever reason they've paid for this guy to come out and wrestle in Scotland um, and, like, and you're, you're going to be working them I'm like what like, <laughs> I'm a Nigerian guy now straight away I hang, I'm hitting back to uh, Ross could fight telling me a story about um, this American guy who went out and wrestled in Nigeria took a pile driver Aye. they broke his neck and then because he never had health insurance they flung the guy in a skip <laughs> so I'm like what the fuck is this guy going to date me Aye. so I'm um, and then obviously there's the famous story about Power Rooty um, that was told on that wrestling so it turns out Power Vic is actually Power Rooty's trainee Aye. and the reason that they have these names is because um, there's also Power Lee and Power Keith and there's a million of them and it's all the Nigerians and for what I, I don't I don't understand the, the thing in mind but basically all the white guys are super so um, if I was to go to Nigeria I'd be super low like, um, like he had super festus um, and all the, all the Nigerians are all power and then power there's power versus support and power defeats support and all the rest of it some shite or that anyway um, I'll just say before you go in, if anybody wants to hear more about this if you look up Luke Gallows on Colt Cabana's podcast I think he's done two on it and also um, what's his name Domino uh, uh, Cliff Compton aye uh, their stories of Nigeria are brilliant so I'd go and listen to them as a backup to this aye, I'll, give you, I'll give you a better understanding if you've not already Um so I shows up and the promoter says to me he's like I don't want to be dating in the match it's going to be a tag match um, me and Donny T against um, I can't remember the guy Dave uh, Alex Draven was his wrestling right. Alex Draven and uh, Paul Vick but I don't want to be dating in the match I'm like so you want him just to stand on the ring the side of the ring all the time you don't want him to get tagged in he was like no 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 just have him come in and just like do a couple of clotheslines or whatever and take him out and I'm like, right, if that's what you want. Um, so I go out and he's got this big fucking daft look in his face and he's like surrounded by all these like fucking, because they had people filming him and shit Aye. and all the rest of um, And I'm trying to get him to come and like, I'm like do you want to go and talk over the match? And I'm, I'm still shitting myself, I'm still, still training, very much training at this point. Um, and he, he just goes, yes, yes, yes! And then just totally fucking dingies me. Right. And like refuses to come and find the match. So eventually we get him outside and he's fucking he's playing the match. But we, I say, um, you come in, fucking clothesline me, clothesline Donny T, back elbow me, back elbow Donny T, I'll feed back up, I'll give you the fucking sick kick, get the fuck that's you. That's he's like, okay, okay, okay. So fucking we run through it again, and they're like, you got this? And you're like, well, just about to go out. And David Blaze's music hits, and he just goes, ah, ah, ah! And starts <laughs> fucking dances away, and I'm like, ah, is this, this kind of for real? And the whole day, the whole day, he's been walking about with his jumper on the inside of it, right? That's right. a key point, right? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking, he's, he's just walking about, and he's in, like, he's normal clothes. And I'm like, this guy needs to go and get fucking ready. And um, so eventually, he goes, he goes and gets ready and he, he walks past me, he's, he's in his wrestling gear, he's wearing a pair of speedos, right, um, one woolly magic glove, right. a pair of Ugg boots, and he's inside the jumper, right. that he's obviously took off to right. get ready and he right. put his jumper back on, still inside it, you know what I mean, um, so the whole, the whole fucking angle was um, Alex Draven's in the ring and he can't find a tag partner or some bullshit, um, and then we come out, um, and fucking start getting some spiel and then Pilovic music hits, he's gonna save him. Now what I never found out until after the match was me and Donny T making an entrance, obviously the whole time I'm facing forward Aye. and walking the crowd and all the rest of that. While we were making an entrance, the fucking cunt has walked out with us, behind us, stopped, looked about, 
realised that he's fucked it and then walked backstage <laughs> and then so I'm in the ring and uh, the line was I'm like you've got no friends left and then Papa Vic comes back out so fucking I guess that we did a match which was fucking dreadful um, it's on YouTube yeah, you see if anything's interesting to find if you just search Papa Vic on Google it comes up um, it's I'm not that bad at wrestling anymore Dory T's doing the splits no. <laughs> um, but aye so it gets to Paul Vic's big fucking big comeback and I'm like oh, right he's, he's nothing he's got it do you know what I mean and he fucking he's pacing up and down the ring and he fucking tags in straight away falls in the ring I'm like oh, fuck really fucking clotheslines Donny T clotheslines with me and then goes I forget and I'm like you had fucking you had to do the same you thing you had two things to do and you just had to do them both twice you know what I mean I'm fucking furious so I fucking sit kick him as hard as I could now when he's clotheslined I have never been clotheslined this in my life I had like the, the, the bruise on my chest right. was the shape of his arm you know what I mean like he was fucking doing me man so fucking eventually the match finishes and we go backstage and I'm like eh, we need to interview you for the Nigerian news, and I'm like, Nigerian, sound, 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 and I'm like to Donny T, like, whatever you say, under no circumstances, will we mention a rematch, right. like we do not want to fucking work this guy ever again, uh, the bowlers just broke out at the same time as well, right. which will come back into this, right, so I'm kind of shitting myself with even wrestling a Nigerian guy at all, right. you know what I mean, the whole thing's jailbreaking, uh, <laughs> so we did an interview for the Nigerian news, and fucking, I, I'm, I'm so angry, you know what I mean, I'm so, he, he hurt me, he fucked the match, I arrested it, and he just fucking, like, I'm, going, I'm going ballistic, you know what I mean, I'm like, I was fucking bitch, fuck perfect, he was shite, I arrested it, um, and then they just slowly put down the camera, I'm like, no, 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 you say Power Vic is the strongest opponent you have ever faced, uh, you say Power Vic is the greatest, I'm like, racist accent, <laughs> so fucking, they talk about how great Power Vic is and all the rest of it, and I'm like, right, God's sake, we'll do it again, and we, so we, I'm like, yep, it was good, loved it, fucking brilliant opponent, all the rest of it, and I'm like, I'm Chris Forbes, because I didn't want to even be able to find uh, me after, I didn't want to look up looking sharp or anything, um, and so I'm fucking, I'm like, I'm Chris Forbes, and that was, uh, that was great, and then Donny T's like, if you motherfucker ever want a rematch, you know where we are! And I'm like, no! So after that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, rematch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then I watched, I watched the match back eventually, and they'd actually edited it, so it's like, we pin him. Hi. And then they edit it, so it looks like he won. Um, but I done another podcast with Breaking Boys, and I told the story, um, and folk were sharing it, but no, that. And I get this tweet, um, it's Pavarotti. He's like, you fool, all capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> you do not realise what you have done. You're barred from Nigeria. I'm like, what? Oh, like, no. <laughs> and then straight away I get flashbacks to that fucking Kokobana episode Aye. where he's like, I bar you from Nigeria. I'm like, this guy legit does this. Like, he thinks that he just walk about fucking banning country in Nigeria and all the rest of it. But I, that was that was the story of Power Vic and his magic gloves and his Ugg boots. And well, you're going to have to change your holiday plans this year because it's no Nigeria. Like, oh, no, they, they actually they, they offered us to go out to Nigeria. They said to me and Donny Thiel that um, we'll give $2,000 American dollars a week to come and wrestle in Nigeria. And, I, and obviously that's why, that's why I brought up Ebola, because it just broke out at the time. And as much as it was like, $2,000 American dollars was great, I was like, I'm going to know that I'm getting fucking Ebola. <laughs> Do you know Aye. what I mean? But aye, that was, that was a perfect story. <laughs> so I'm just conscious of time I need to go and get my train. Right, nice. um, but just um, as we finish up, if anybody's looking to see more of your stuff or uh, find you on social media or book you, uh, where's the best places to contact you? Um, so it's 
www.facebook.com slash lookingsharp um, at lookingsharppbw on Twitter and Instagram um, if promoters want to book me it's chrisforbes at outlook.com it's chris spelt K-R um, but don't be a dick just Facebook me <laughs> so much easier. Who, who checks their emails anyway? <laughs> no well not me anyway no that's fine uh, no thanks for your time cheers. no thank you mate cheers a big thank you to my guest and to you for listening. If you enjoyed that show, then please go and look at the back catalogue of shows that are available wherever you get podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Podbean or wherever. If you want to leave a comment on social media about how you enjoyed the show, then you can find the show on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. All sites are at Tuck of the Draw, or leave a review wherever you get a podcast from. And uh, until next time, enjoy your wrestling.